Good morning, dear Sangha. Uh, today is uh, the 25th of uh, November in the year 2004, and we are in the lower hamlet during our fall retreat. This morning we spoke um, about uh, a telephone line that should be called uh, the compassionate line. And uh, we hope that uh, that line should be established uh, everywhere so that uh, the young people in their despair, in their suffering, in their strong emotions uh, may have a chance to, to, uh, to talk to someone who, uh, who could understand them. Uh, we learned that uh, the number of young people who die, uh, who commit suicide every day is very uh, alarming. Thirty-three of them every day in France is a lot. And you should do something in order to avoid that kind of uh, damage. The young people, they feel uh, lonely, they feel cut off even from uh, their parents. And when they have a strong emotion, they suffer so much, they don't know how to handle the suffering. Uh, They may think that the only way to stop suffering is to go and kill themselves. The compassionate line should be there for them. In a moment of despair, of utmost suffering, they should be able to talk to someone. And who is that someone? A psychotherapist, a doctor, a teacher, or someone who has the capacity of listening. Who is that one? that is ready to listen to them. And each of us has to make a vow to become that person. In the Buddhist tradition, we speak of a person who has uh, the capacity of listening to the people who suffer, and that person is named Avalokiteshvara. Avalokiteshvara means the one who is capable of uh, listening. And we, we call that person the Bodhisattva of deep listening, the, the, the Bodhisattva of uh, compassionate uh, listening. And that capacity of uh, listening that capacity to listen deeply with compassion has to be cultivated. If uh, you are a friend, you should be able to listen to your friend with compassion and deeply in order to be really a true friend. 
if you are a parent, then you should be able to listen with compassion and deeply to your child. And you should transform yourself into the Bodhisattva of uh, deep listening. Because without deep listening, without compassionate listening, there will be no communication. And uh, in many cases, we live uh, with love. We truly love and wish that the other person be happy. But we are not able to listen without the capacity of listening deeply. We cannot understand. And without understanding, love is not real. Love is not possible. In the teaching of the Buddha, love is something that is born from the ground of understanding. You cannot love unless you understand. And this is so easy to, under, to, to understand. A husband that doesn't understand his wife, how could he love her? A wife does not understand her husband. If she does not understand the difficulties, the despair, the hope of her husband, how could she love her? That is why her practice as a wife is to listen deeply with compassion, with no prejudices in order to understand her husband. And if the father does not understand the son, the daughter, does not know what is uh, the kind of difficulties his son is undergoing, and then how could that father love his son? That is why it's so clear, so simple, to see that understanding is the ground of uh, love. You cannot say that you love him or her unless you understand him or her. And understanding is not uh, something that just happened like that. You have to practice looking deeply. You have to practice listening deeply in order to really understand. You have to be able to give up your ideas, your prejudices, because you may already have an idea as how that person can be happy. And you want to impose that idea on him or on her. And by doing so, you make him or her suffer. But you don't know. You still believe that you, you continue to love him or her. You may be very sincere. You may, be, maybe you may have a lot of love within yourself. But that is not love yet. That is the intention to love. The willingness to love and to make one person happy. That's not love yet. In order to, to truly love, you have to understand. And that is why if we love someone, we should try to understand him or her deeply. Understanding what? The kind of uh, difficulties that that person has. The kind of uh, suffering that person has within himself, herself the kind of deep hope, deep desire that the person has within himself or herself, the kind of obstacles that person is encountering in his or her daily life. You have to see all of that. And if you don't see everything, and how could you see everything? You can see a lot, but not everything. And you should 
ask him or her. You should go and say, darling, do you think I understand you enough? And then she will tell you. <laughs> he will tell you. If you ask with your, uh, with all your heart, darling, do you think I understand you enough? You can ask this question to your partner, to your father, to your mother, to, to your daughter, to your son. And if uh, it's a real question, if that is a question that is asked with all your being, and then that person will tell you and help you to understand more. And when you understand, you will not continue to do or to say things that will make him or her suffering. You will help him or her to, to uh, overcome the difficulties. And that is true love. True love comes from understanding. The, compass, the compass, compassionate line cannot be set up by the telephone, the telephone company alone. Well, you only have to pay something and then they will set up a line. But that does not mean that with telephone you can communicate. Uh, now telephone is everywhere. You can pick up one uh, everywhere in your city. And yet with the telephone in your hand, you cannot communicate. In order to communicate, really, you have to, to be free of uh, your views, your opinions, your judgments. You have to be free of your prejudices. And then with uh, the absence of prejudices and uh, judgment, uh, you have uh, the opportunity to look deeply and to see reality in itself, the reality of the other person, because you declare that you love him, you love her, but you have not really understood him or her at all. You have to practice looking deeply by yourself, and you can ask that person to help you to understand. And that is uh, the practice of love. But you might think that uh, it is the other person that you have not understood. Because the fact remains that you have not, un- you have not understood yourself. You don't know enough about yourself. You don't understand the nature of your suffering, of your own suffering. You have not understood the difficulties that you are going through. You don't understand the nature of your difficulties, the roots of the difficulties, and your desire. You are in a difficult situation. And because you don't understand your own situation, you don't understand yourself, you continue to be caught in a situation and even you don't even want to get out of, of that situation. 
There is a young nun of nineteen uh, who wrote to to Thay the other day, and she 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 told Thay about her life as a teenager. There's something very true in what she said. She said, she said, Thay, when you are caught in this situation. You might think that the situation, that situation, is normal, and you don't see yourself in that situation, and that is why you don't have the desire to get out of the situation. Unless someone come and take you to a far away place, maybe a little bit higher, and look back to to your situation, then you have a chance to see that that is a situation that you don't want to be. And that is a kind of enlightenment. And if you don't have the, the desire to get out of that situation, you will never get out of it. And that is why the first thing you do is to have a desire to get out of that situation. And you, you get that desire only by leaving that place, going to a faraway place and look, look back. And now you see that this is not a good situation. You and your beloved one are caught in that situation. And you want to get out, and you want your beloved one to get out also, because both you are suffering deeply every day. So first of all, there is a desire, there should be a desire to get out. And if you are the first one who is able to get out, you'll be able to help rescue the other person and help the other person to taste the taste of freedom and true love. Because uh, true love, true happiness cannot be without freedom. Everyone of us has an idea as what happiness is. And we are committed to that idea. We said that if uh, I cannot get this and that and that. Well, happiness will not be possible. So you describe your happiness. You have an idea of your happiness. And you are striving in order to arrive at that. Suppose a young person who falls in love with someone else. And in in her passion, attachment, she could not see more than that person. She said that uh, that person is uh, the only reason why she has to be alive. Her raison d'être. If she cannot marry that person, it's better that she die. With her happiness cannot be possible without that person beside her. And her idea is to get him or to die. But for those of us who who have not got into that situation, we are able to see that happiness can come from every direction. 
Happiness can come from the west, from the east, from the north, from the south, from the below, from the below. And if we are committed to just one idea of happiness, and then we block all the avenues, we block all the venues. Happiness, come and knock on your door. Please, open. I am happiness. You say, no, you are not happiness. And you refuse every, every, every opportunity to be happy because you are already committed to one idea of happiness. And there are many young people who commit suicide because they cannot get, they cannot marry the person they love. In the history of love, there are plenty of, of things like that. And those of us who are free, you see that happiness can come from everywhere and at every moment. The sunshine, the morning sunshine can bring happiness. Uh, half an hour of uh, walking uh, leisurely uh, can bring happiness. Having a cup of tea with uh, our friend or our teacher can bring a lot of happiness. Happy, happiness can be there every moment of our life. Why do we have to commit ourselves to just one idea of happiness? This morning we spoke of uh, joy and happiness born from the practice of releasing, of letting go. And the first thing we have to let go is our idea of happiness. If we are able to let go of our idea of happiness, happiness will come very easily. If you are not happy, it may be because you are holding very hard to your idea of happiness. And if the be- your beloved one is not happy because you keep imposing your idea of happiness on him or on her, it's very, very clear, very simple. In the Buddhist teaching of love, we learn that there are four elements that can, uh, that can provide uh, true love and happiness. And the first element is Maitri. Maitri means uh, Maitri means friendship, brotherhood. The word Maitri come from the root Mitra. Mitra means friend. L'amitié. La fraternité. When you love someone, you offer your friendship, your brotherhood. And friendship and brotherhood does not deprive him, deprive him or her of his or her freedom. When you love you maintain your, your whole freedom and you help maintain the freedom of the person you love. You don't provide, deprive him or her of his or her freedom. The offering of, uh, of happiness. In your relationship with the other person, ask the question that whether you have Maitri to offer him or her. We are on an equal basis. 
by loving you, I retain my freedom. And by loving you, I respect your freedom. And that is my truth. That we translate uh, poorly as loving kindness. That should be a better word. <laughs> and a friend that does not understand a friend cannot really offer his uh, brotherhood, his, his friendship. And that is why to cultivate Maitri, you have to cultivate understanding. Spend, you spend your time with him or with her, with mindfulness, and you discover every day his need, his difficulties, his obstacles, his deep aspiration. And on that, that base of understanding, you offer Maitri happiness. And the second is Karuna. Karuna means uh, the capacity to understand the suffering and help remove it, transform it. The person you love has suffering in him or in her, have difficulties in him or in her. You, as someone who loves him or her, you should be able to identify that suffering, that difficulties, and try to help remove it. And the capacity of, of helping remove that suffering called compassion. Transforming suffering in a person you love. Because you see the suffering in the person of your beloved one. And if you are not able to help him or her remove that suffering, you are not a real lover. And we used to translate it, uh, translate um, karuna as compassion. The other person suffers and you suffer with her, you share suffering. That is the word compassion. But in true love, you don't have to suffer with him. You, you understand only. And your capacity of understanding help the other person not to suffer anymore. When a patient comes to a doctor, the doctor is supposed to be able to see what is wrong within the patient, what is the sickness and the root of the sickness in the person. That is exactly karuna. And the, the, the doctor, after having identified the illness and the root of the illness, is capable of prescribing something for the removal of that illness. And the doctor doesn't have to suffer together with the patient. And that is why the word compassion is not uh, perfect in translating. The Buddha also, he sit there 
people come and cry with him, and he doesn't have to cry with them. He said, dear, dear friends, uh, I understand your suffering, but there is a way for you to, to, to go in order to, uh, to... If the Buddha spent his time crying with uh, Peter, he doesn't have any time left in order to help, uh, <laughs> to help with the transformation and healing. So, in your relationship, ask the question as whether you have the element of compassion in your love. If you do, and then you are being very helpful. You are helping that person to suffer less. Your presence only helps that person to feel better. And your speech, your action, your capacity of listening deeply help him or her uh, transform and remove the suffering. And that is the element called karuna. And in, in our relationship, we should be able to cultivate karuna every day. And the third uh, element is called uh, mudita. Joy. The kind of joy that is shared by both. If in in your relationship there is only sadness, you make him cry and he make you cry. That's not love. True love should include joy. And you are able to enjoy his own joy. And he is able to enjoy your joy. Because you are no longer two separate entities. You are one with the person you love. And that is why uh, when you see that person happy, you feel very happy. And when you see that person uh, unhappy, uh, you, you are able to do something in order to help. You consider his happiness as yours. You don't say, that's your problem. In true love, there is no statement like that. Sympathetic joy. Your joy is his joy, and his joy is your joy. And you have to be able to offer joy. The question is, in your relationship, are you able to offer joy? Or you make her cry all the the time? If you make him or her cry all the time, that's not true love. The willingness to love, the willingness to make him or her happy, yes, it may be there. But the capacity to love, to make him or her happy, is not yet there. It is to be cultivated. And the fourth element is um, upiksha. And upiksha means um, non-discrimination. And this is a higher uh, form of love. 
you love him is not because uh, that person belong to the same uh, race, having the same kind of skin color, or sharing the same kind of uh, spiritual path. It's not because of that. You love that person because that person suffers and needs your love. That also adds all non-discrimination, the path of non-discrimination. Suppose you have uh, four children, and you realize that all of them are your children. You don't want to prefer one over the three others. You practice upeksha, equanimity. You love Mr. Gary. Because Mr. Carey uh, speaks for you, but you don't love Mr. Bush because Mr. Bush is doing the thing that you don't like. There is no equanimity in your love. Even if uh, John Carey has ideas that are close to you, but you still love Mr. Bush, you say, well, Mr. Bush, I have to help him also. Because if I am able to help him, I I help the other half of the population. I have to do something in order to offer him more understanding, more compassion, so that he will handle the problem in the Middle East, in Iraq, in a more compassionate way. You have to love him. So you, you love both of them. And for American voters, it's very difficult to persuade them to love both. I have tried, but I have not succeeded. Because equanimity is inclusiveness. When you love, your love should include everyone. Whether he is black or white or brown or yellow whether he is Catholic or Protestant or Jew or Buddhist or Communist, you have to love them all. That is why equanimity reveals a higher, higher level of love. It's not that young man is your son that you have to love him and you exclude the other young man. You are a true lover. You have to include sons of other families. And when you can love uh, the sons and the daughters of other families, you are in a position to be uh, a politician, to be a teacher. And therefore, all of us have to cultivate uh, the quality of equanimity. The king is supposed to love everyone in the country as his or her own sons and daughters. And the king is supposed to practice equanimity. And in the tradition of Buddhism, it is said that Maitri, Karuna, Mudita, and Upeksha can be cultivated every day 
because these are four qualities that have no limits. Infinite love. And the four, the four elements are called the four illimited, unlimited. Because uh, the the uh, Maitri can become uh, unlimited. And this is kind of love we call we might call uh, love without frontiers. And when you have developed uh, your love to that uh, to that uh, level, uh, you are called a Bodhisattva. You are called a Buddha. And there are Buddhas and Bodhisattvas in our midst, in the world. There is an organization of doctors who want to serve people everywhere. Not only in France, in Great Britain, but also in Africa and Asia. And they call themselves Médecins Sans Frontières. Sans Frontières, that is the word. Love without uh, limits, frontiers. And you can develop these four qualities because uh, when your heart is able to embrace everyone, every living beings, it has no longer any frontier. Your heart becomes immense. And when the love in your heart is like that, you don't suffer anymore. You don't suffer anymore. You can accept everything. And the Buddha gave a very beautiful uh, uh, image. He said, suppose uh, you have a bowl of water and you have uh, a handful of salt, and you pour all the salt in the water, and you stir, and the water becomes undrinkable. It's too salty. You cannot uh, quell your thirst, because the, that is a solution, uh, salty uh, But suppose you, with that, uh, with that handful of, uh, of salt, you throw it into a river. And although the salt is diluted in the water, people continue to drink the water. And they don't suffer at all. Why? Because the, the river is immense. And that is why a handful of, of salt cannot make the river suffer. Even if you, you throw a handful after handful, 100, that's because the river is still immense, yeah, this, the river still doesn't suffer. So the technique is to enlarge your heart, to make it into something unlimited. And when your heart becomes immense, you can accept everything. The small things, like a handful of salt, doesn't make you suffer anymore. 
And if your heart is small, and small things can make you very unhappy. But in the case you have a big heart that can include everyone, every living being, you don't suffer anymore. And that is the quality of equanimity, all embracing. Once we have uh, Karuna, Maitri, Mudita, and uh, Upeksha, we have a tremendous amount of energy within us. And the line of communication can be established very easily. We can listen very deeply with compassion. We can understand right away the other person. What we say, what we do, will not make him or her suffer anymore. And uh, everywhere we can establish that uh, line, that compassionate line between us and the other person. The Bodhisattva of love is in you. Avalokiteshvara, you are able to listen, to understand, and you are free. And that is why, in our relationship, we should be able to establish a communication line. And the current that uh, the current that uh, that circulates in that line should be the current of uh, Maitri, Karuna, Mudita, and Upeksha. And when the other listen to the voice of compassion of loving-kindness, of non-discrimination in us, the suffering in him or her will vanish. And the idea to kill himself or to kill herself will vanish. And that line will be able to save many people. So if in your relationship with someone whether that is your partner, or your mother, or your, or your husband, your wife. There are difficulties, there are suffering. You should be able to, to set up that line of communication. Work in work. Work it within yourself first before you set up the line. And after the line is ready, you can call him call her darling. I know that uh, there's a lot of suffering, uneasiness, difficulty in you. I know. In the past, 
I have said things, I have done things that have made the situation worse. Now, I already understand. I won't continue like, I don't want to continue like that. So darling, please tell me about your suffering, your difficulties, your deepest aspiration. I am free now. I am able to listen to you. And the line begins to work. I know that I have not understood you enough. Now my, my desire, deepest desire, is to understand you deeply so that I will not uh, make you suffer anymore like I have done in the past. That is what we call loving speech, compassionate speech. Thanks to the line we just established, the compassionate line. You may like to give a color to that line. It should not be red. Green rouge. And thanks to that line of communication, you'll be able to help transform the other person and bring him, bring her happiness and freedom. And when you speak through that line with compassion like that, the other person will tell you and help you to understand him or her more. I wish you good luck, good practice. Everyone is invited to stay for walking meditation, enjoying every step you make, walking with freedom, like walking in the kingdom of God. And after that, we will have lunch together. Today, Thanksgiving Day, we have a different kind of lunch, celebrating our togetherness, nourishing our, our, our thankfulness. Our gratitude. And for me, um, this morning I spoke about four uh, kind of gratitude. Gratitude we have to show to our parents who have given us life. Gratitude toward our our teacher who tell us how to love, to understand, and to live happily in the here and the now. We offer gratitude to our friends who support and protect us in difficult situations. And the fourth is uh, to offer our gratitude, to express our gratitude to living beings in the animal, vegetable, and mineral realms. Uh, we are grateful for the trees, the clouds, the mountains, the rivers, the birds, the squirrels, even the bacteria. The bacteria, the bacteria, bacteria. <laughs> and I, I have a, a fifth kind of uh, of uh, gratitude is my students because my students give me a lot of happiness. So this is uh, a day when I want to offer my gratitude to my children, my my students, my disciples, because they are practicing wholeheartedly. They are bringing transformation and healing to themselves, their families, and to the Sangha. 